Hey man, grab a slice. Get your gun. We'll watch some movies. We'll have some fun. It's pizza and guns and movies all night. Welcome to Pizza, Guns, and Movies with your hosts, Pat Dowell, Anthony Urso, and Jeff Dorico. Hey, everybody. Hello. Welcome back to Pizza, Guns, and Movies. I'm Anthony Urso, and this is Pat Dowell. We got it down. We did it. We finally we, did we it. We actually did. <laughs> you guys don't know how much of our intros are left on the cutting room floor, <laughs> so to speak. I'm sure. It's it's very crowded yeah. with our cuts. A lot of inappropriate things said. A lot of regret. Wait, I thought you were keeping all the inappropriate. Oh, no. I've got it all saved. Oh, I okay, think good. Jeff does, too. So okay, good. We're all in the same boat. So, yeah, welcome back to the greatest movie podcast on the face of the earth. At least in the top three. We're up there. We're up there. We're, we're doing pretty well. We, yeah, I think we're doing pretty this well. This is like our ourselves. seventh episode. Top of, the, top of the crap. Whew. But uh, we are going to discuss... An Urso pick today. This is a me pick, a very heavy pick, but indeed. But I, think I we, mean, we did. It's ironic that we needed a uh, a, a refresher from 365 days. <laughs> we are going to talk about the film Magnolia, or Goodbye Mary, Goodbye Jane. I'm never saying bye to Mary Jane. <laughs> You bastard. <laughs> I figured you'd make a Mary Jane joke. I know. It's 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 hanging there. It was built in there. I, right. I I I part of me thinks that like that's that song Goodbye Stranger is like Super Tramp's like attempt to be like, Yeah, don't do drugs. But then you're like, it's Super Tramp though. Those guys fucking did drugs every day. I know. How can you not <laughs> light a bong to that song? Right, exactly. That's like the most exactly. druggable song <laughs> exactly. I can think of. I'm very excited to talk about the being, soundtrack. To be just being super stoned and just being goodbye me. Dude, I was super stoned when I was watching the movie doing Oh yeah. So yeah, I was into Good. it. Not in the theater as you know. Yes, so, yes, um, of course, of course. Urso chose 1999's Magnolia, uh, written and not, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson. I meant to say Paul Thomas Anderson, and sa- it's not directed or written by the year 1999. <laughs> That's just the year it came out. It was written and directed by Paul Thomas Anderson, aka PTA, mm-hmm. aka public display of affection, public tenemy. Number A. Yeah. Public Tenemy A. <laughs> we um, That is what that's what they call it. Just to explain <laughs> ourselves a little bit up top, uh Jeff's house is getting fumigated and they told us not to come in. 
<laughs> they can try and fucking stop us. That's why we're so goofy. We might sound more goofy than usual. Yeah, we're kind of giddy to discuss this one because it really is no, something. No, this is a fun one. This yeah. was a fun one, especially how we saw it yes. together. No, very yeah, true. That's a very good story true. to tell on the show. Indeed. Indeed. Mm-hmm. I'm not telling it. I might maybe I'm later. I'm not gonna. Not right now. No. You got to keep them you got to keep them uh, guessing. No, That's I'm just true. kidding. I'm going to tell true. the story once oh, we kind of. Okay, oh, okay. So, um we have our cast written on the board in my uh in my bullshit handwriting. You can see on one of the Phillips where I put two L's in Philip and I erased one. I like that. Um so top to bottom, we have Tom Cruise as Frank Mackey who is just Honestly, he's like he kills it in this he's one. He's so good in this movie. If you've never seen Magnolia, do yourself a favor, turn this podcast off and watch it and then turn this podcast back on and agree with us that Tom Cruise kills it as Frank <laughs> he Mackey. Does. He does. It's kind of an easy one to agree with cuz he's so uh insane and he just is that Tom Cruise thing where he uh he just brings it. It's nuts. Um this is also no particular by the way, but we got John C. Riley as uh, Officer Jim Curring. He is the nice cop. Nice cop. Very nice cop. And religious cop. Religious cop. Kind of a bumbling cop. Mm-hmm. And uh, played by a legend. Yes. And he, too, is awesome in this. He does bring it. He brings it very much as like one of the nicer people in the movie. We have Julianne Moore as Linda. She is uh, married to Big Earl Partridge, um, who is played by Jason Rabard, whose name sounds familiar, but who gives a fuck? Um, but she's ma- big. Big Earl is like a TV producer, yeah. and she's his uh, drug-addled, uh, 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 remorseful. I, uh, I would say like a trophy wife. Yeah, trophy wife. Yeah, yeah. one yeah. of those. I'd give it that. Yeah, we can, we can, we can upgrade it. We can upgrade it. And then connected to Earl and Linda, kind of, is Philip Seymour Hoffman. He plays uh, the nurse to Earl, um, who is dying of cancer in the film. Philip Seymour Hoffman is Phil Parma in this film. We have another Philip with three names. Philip Baker Hall as the TV TV show host. There we go. Uh, Jimmy Gator, but I just want to let you know I'm I'm just calling him Bookman throughout. <laughs> it's, fine. it's just going to be so much easier for me, and I feel like the he, audience too. Philip Baker Hall is one of those actors who I think did a lot of like Broadway stuff, mm-hmm. and so he you don't see him in anything but Seinfeld. You see him in that, but also <laughs> I think that he was one of uh, one of uh, he's in PTA's like stable of actors. Oh, R.I.P. Yeah. I think he just passed. Yeah. I think he passed very recently. Great life, great performer. We have the very alive William H Macy. Is he alive? I'm I'm pretty sure as of this recording he's alive. But maybe if you're listening, is to he this, in jail? No, he's doing fine. Oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah he's doing it was his <laughs> wife that went to jail. That's Wait. what it was. Wait, was he married to one of the college cheater people? Yeah, I think God. Felicity Huffman. Nice. Yeah, Felicity. Jeff, that. Felicity Huffman. Uh, that would be correct. Oh yes, nice. Felicity ding, 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 ding. H. Muffman has been together <laughs> since this movie. I believe they met on set. Felicity H. Muffman. <laughs> well, William H. Macy, we're showing him so much respect just right off the bat. <laughs> sorry, sorry, no, Bill. Sorry. He played. Sorry, Billiam. 
He plays uh, Donnie Smith, who's like the former quiz boy who wants braces to um, uh, impress the other boy. I got to ask right off the top, is his uh, rival for Bradley's heart, is that Paul Lind? Who is that guy? No. I, oh, that's Joel Gray. The, Joel Gray. He originated the role of uh, the um, MC in Cabaret. Welcome and bienvenue. Welcome. That, that's all you're getting. <laughs> <laughs> but he was also the wizard in get. Wicked. Ooh. So there you go. I, re- I remember that I told you that my, uh, most of my experience was with Wicked was in the rehearsal space of a Holocaust play. Um, then we have, yeah, no, it was rough. Go back to, Ooh. I believe, I don't care what episode it is. Listen to this one. Uh, we got Melora Walter, very close to my mom's name. Uh, she plays Claudia Gator. Um, and then we've got uh, Jeremy Blackman, who plays Stanley. Um, and Stanley. There's a, Stanley. But not Stanley of Marvel fame. It is a young Stanley a Kubrick, young though. Stan- oh, uh, this yeah. makes sense he was, now. He, one of the books he was reading was The Short Timers, which he turned into. Really? Yeah, Full Metal He was reading The Short Timers? No, no, oh. no, no. He was reading a bunch of books by uh, Charles. I think it was, oh. is it Charles Fort? Yes, yes. It's Charles Ford. Ford. Man, that guy sounds groovy as hell. He came up with the term UFO is what I read, so I don't know if that's true or not. He's the rip-roaringest 60s and 70s Ooh, man. Can you just imagine just like fucking turning on a lava lamp and listening to that guy talk? Yo, yo, did you guys see that thing in the sky? What was that? The frog's coming down. It really happens, dude. But we'll get to that. So this is a very, very, very big movie. Mm. All of those characters don't necessarily interact with each other at any point, um, future or past. I'm pretty sure uh, Tom Jane was one of the young Jimmy Gators, by the way. But I want to go back and check. Yeah, it looked like him. I could just be an idiot, though. But um, so it was because Paul Thomas Anderson started writing out one movie um, and then he said it just kind of getting bigger and bigger and bigger from there. Yeah, Some he, might say he, blooming, like a, blooming like a magnolia. I don't even know what type of flower magnolia. Well, he had said that he wanted to do something small after Boogie Nights. And then he made and a three-hour movie. And then movie. he went, let's make another three-hour movie. He made movie a very complicated without movie. Without Burt Reynolds this time. Oh, man. That's always a bad decision. I know. But um, so it's a, all of these people's lives intersect kind of randomly and they're all connected in one way or another. And certain events um, start, uh, you know, they kind of chain reaction into other events, but not really per se. I mean, like there's moments where the quiz show that's being filmed is happening in the background of a scene. Yeah. So. Yeah, or Things like, like uh, that nature. Yeah, or like they drive past each other, right, or something. Yeah, or the meet the the meetup. Question mark. Chad, is it all up to chance? <laughs> is that you, Chad? That's a big part of the movie. Is yeah. uh, the intersection of um, it's kind of like that saying where it's like uh, uh, luck is when uh, what is it? 
for <laughs> luck be a lady tonight. Luck be a lady tonight. No, it's the one where it's like uh, it's like uh, preparation meets opportunity. It's oh, luck. okay. So it's kind of the same idea. If I was lucky in love, lucky in cards. There we go. That's it. But William H Macy's got a lot of love. That would have been a great play. <laughs> that whole bar scene. So, I am in complete agreement with you. Yeah, that entire bar scene would have been a great play because it's literally just—it's <laughs> we'll, just a play. We'll that get to it, but yeah, yeah, no. I mean, it's great. It's really it good, is. but it really is like. And now I need to be in a play acting. I don't know why I'm Count Chocula. <laughs> I want to suck your cereal. Yes. I definitely need the barreses. <laughs> but, um, so, like, yeah, all of it is very, very good. I think that some, like, you can tell some of the storylines are, like, I feel like the one where uh, Stanley and the kids quiz, quiz show and Jimmy Gator struggling through it, Yeah, I feel like that was one where you could kind of see where it's like, eh. Like it's interesting, but mm-hmm. like I just didn't find Stanley's int- uh, journey that. Yeah, I didn't think I his guess. journey was interesting. But honestly, and I mean, I was talking to Jeff about this before. Um, just the fact that like it's it's sort of like he's not rebelling per se, mm-hmm. but he is in a mm-hmm. way because he can't get something that he needs. It's yeah. it's a whole. It's, it's a it's, whole. Thing. It's a thing. Yeah, and we'll it's get like, to it. I mean, it's it's an interesting. Um, you know, it's it's an interesting direction that he takes it because, like, the a lot of the themes kind of like keep on coming back with one another and everything. So, because this is so complicated, we're gonna try and like break it down more in the uh, like certain characters' journeys because they're sort of the lead of the of the their own version of the film, yeah. basically. Yeah, I mean, you could watch this film from any one of the characters and have a. The same film, but a completely different film. Yeah. Like a completely different experience, which I think is really cool about this movie, which is why I picked it. Yeah. No, it is very... It's uh, a very good ensemble piece. Oh, yeah, I know. Having a good ensemble cast is really important. That's why it's like... Fantastic Four is limiting itself to four people. (laughs) You gotta get it right. Versus this movie, which counting which is the looks Fantastic like ten, 16. the Fantastic Sixteen. That's a good name because Starring I definitely, I definitely left some major characters off the board too. I can't remember uh, Rose Gator's name, but her no, oh, her yeah. name is Rose Gator of the King Gator Clan. Yes, he's back into the fold. But uh, this movie uh, kind of all is about uh, you know. Uh, uh, chance Mm -hmm. basically characters are like in the past have been struck by lightning which i looked up it's less than one in a million people that get struck by lightning and uh you know things like well less than one in a million people win a quiz show that is true too he is very important that's why he's the most important character he him and stanley are the two journeys that I appreciate the most. We're backing off from it. What? What? (laughs) No, but um, so it is all about uh, kind of like where all these lives intersect and all the common connections. So like, for example, Tom Cruise is a prodigal son. Get ready for a bunch of biblical references. Barf. 
But uh, Tom Cruise is the uh, prodigal son who returns to Earl Partridge, who is married to Julianne Moore, who is going through her own journey of like addiction and, and things like that and dealing with like kind of the fallout of being uh, kind of like a money grubber and now is somebody who is um, very she, remorseful. She, she attempts to like reform. Mm hmm through her remorse and it, it just gets kind of laughed off which i think is interesting yeah it kind of gets played uh, in a certain sort of way and she's always really good at oh, those yeah. type of roles where she gets to kind of act at the act act which is like a little bit more than just your normal acting like her in the lost world jurassic park also another movie that comes up <laughs> quite a bit on the side but um so all of these characters run into these different kind of obstacles and they're all dealing with um some pretty heavy trauma some pretty heavy like self-doubt yeah. or even self-loathing in some cases all of them are going through an existential crisis like like me trying to decide which bowl of cereal to pour in the morning even though i don't eat breakfast and it's like <laughs> just a really interesting idea to kind of do something like that where everything kind of gets threaded together. There's a little bit of fat that maybe could have gotten trimmed yeah, down, but everything really works well all together. Yeah. Um, so speaking of serendipity, such as me spilling my McDonald's iced coffee all over my Mariah Carey McDonald's t-shirt mm -hmm. during like we just finished the 365 days this day episode yep. we had moved on to this one and uh just kind of by some might say chance did you say jazz chance all oh. that chance all that chance <laughs> all that chance all that chance um but uh it was playing as a midnight movie 11 p.m it was 11 p.m but it was a midnight movie. It was a midnight movie because it was. It wasn't it out at like that would be <laughs> one o'clock. Out at two a.m. Right? Two a.m. Yeah. Oh my god, I'm still tired. We, from we, it. <laughs> we left. We left the theater at like two o five. Yeah, if I remember correctly. Oh boy, that was a that was an experience. But the thing about it is, normally, as a 35 year old man, the idea of going to even an 11 p.m. p.m. showing of a movie. That is three hours long. Not something I'm normally going to do. I mean, I'm kind of, I would say I'm kind of more in a younger mindset because if it's like a Marvel movie, I'll go to an 11 p.m. movie. Yeah, man. No, <laughs> it, it's something where we just kind of were like, well, okay, that really is something. There is something to be said yeah. about that. I mean, so, when you brought it up, I literally said, don't, don't be a P word. Yeah. Don't be, a, to, don't be a Pat. Yeah, and don't I was be like, a Pat I can't Dowell. help what I am, but I don't guess I can change Alderman my name. Don't be an Alderman Pat Dowell, Damn and it. let's go to this movie. She lost her shot at uh, House of Representatives. Made Ooh. me sad. Bringing shame to the Pat Dowell name. Be bringing so much but, shame. But um, during the, like, you know, getting in and seeing it and everything, um, it did not feel like a three-hour movie during either no. of my viewings. Home viewing is nice because you can kind of break it up by an hour um, and you can just kind of do like, you know, stand up, stretch. Whatever. Oh, I got to go do the dishes real quick. Yeah, got to go do that. Got to go do other stuff. Got to grab some more pub mix. <laughs> but so <laughs> roasted pub 
but so uh it was the first time that I had seen it. Mm-hmm. I kind of have a love-hate relationship with Paul Thomas Anderson. I do too. Because a lot, you know, like there will be blood. You love it just because Paul Dano gets beaten to death at the very end of it. I'm going to I'm going to stop you right there. I have actually only seen half of There Will Be Blood. And I Whoops. don't think I ever finished it. Oh, I've okay. seen the scene where Paul Dano gets beaten though because yeah. You were I like, have a oh. weird, I have a weird <laughs> hatred of Paul Dano that is no more because of Dano sounds on YouTube. Check him out. He does steel drum covers <laughs> of songs, especially Jane Says. Oh, my God. The greatest oh, song ever written. That is the best song. By the greatest time. band ever written, Jane's Addiction. Jane's Thank Addiction. Thank you, Perry Farrell, for everything you've done for us. So it was my first time seeing Magnolia. Um and it was quite an experience because I love seeing movies in the theater more mm-hmm. than anything. Mm-hmm. You get to just, you know, lights go down and you just kind of get transported into the movie. Like, which is why I was glad it was in a theater setting that the first time I could c- kind of sit back and enjoy it. And then the second time when it was the home viewing is sort of when I can be like, where's the number 82? Where's it going to come up? Where's the number two or eight? Where I, are all of the signs? There's somewhere swing away. But, um, yeah. Also, was, the Logan is basically like you're transported back to 1999 anyway when yeah. you go into that theater. Yeah. So it it's a, it's really a wonderful felt, theater. It's a great theater. It's Anybody just, it's who's older. in the Chicagoland yeah. area, you should see a movie there. They always do fun uh, midnight movies. I've seen the thing there multiple nice. m- multiple times. So, but yeah, I mean, it was amazing because you just kind of get transported through everything. Like mm-hmm. you kind of just like get to watch as everything happens in this movie about luck and chance and right. random collisions and um, and 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 uh, frogs raining. Which is cr- crazy ass shit, but, but I, it, it, yeah, it's like the idea of like happenstance and how it affects yeah. everybody around you, and you're yeah. not the only one suffering, yeah. and it's and all that. It's yeah. a lot of that. So yeah, um, the movie kind of opens up, and we sort of get to meet all of our characters in mm-hmm. sort of like a smash cut kind of way. I really Boom. did like that he would do the dolly move and the zoom at the same yeah. time. It did kind of give it like like this throwing feely. But you see just kind of like a little glimpse of who everybody is. Stanley's dad drops him off at school, and Stanley's dad is not nice. Yeah, he's kind of a piece of garbage. He's kind of a piece of garbage. And you see that Stanley is carrying all these books. You know he's really smart. You see uh, Officer Jim. He basically is just a nice guy. He prays. He does a – he talks to Jesus as if Jesus is his partner. I talk. I, I talk to Satan the same way. <laughs> no, I normally just talk to like I. I normally make up who I'm talking to, like Beethoven. Do you talk to yourself? Oh, all the time. You should have heard me talking to myself outside the car. Uh, I was like, I wonder how bad the spill looks on my shirt. But um, it's a black shirt. You're fine. So he wakes. He's just kind of like nice guy. We see Claudia. She's very troubled. She's mm-hmm. the uh, daughter of Jimmy Gator. 
um, who has a horrible relationship with him for reasons that we'll see later. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not the typical stuff is what we'll say. But she, uh, she meets that older man who gives her cocaine and then they have sex. She also has a horrible relationship with cocaine. Yes. That's probably the worst relationship. I would say so. It's it's pretty rough. It's pretty bad. And then um, Philip Seymour Hoffman and Jason Rabard are just kind of hanging out. Yeah. Like, just kind of being good peeps. I can't remember how they introduced Julianne Moore. Not going to lie. Is it in? I Honestly, I don't really remember either. It's just not a memorable introduction, I don't think. Yeah. It's the introduction of Philip Seymour Hoffman. She wakes up and leaves while yeah. Philip yeah. Seymour Hoffman comes there in. There we go. Fact check. Fact so, check by Jeff. Uh, yeah, and uh, Bookman is having sex with the person on the uh, on uh, like who's like I I think like a producer on the show. Is it the PA? Is it the I, PA that keeps telling the kid he can't go to the bathroom? No, okay. that I don't. I was going to so. say I didn't think it was. No, I don't think it. Isn't that Vera Farmiglia? Is that Vera Farmiga? No friggin' way. Who? No, she looks I'm very. It up. Oh god, the PA is I Felicity Huffman. That's Felicity That's Huffman. That's not true. Oh, it uh, is. It's Felicity. Holy Huffman. shit! I was right. It is Felicity Huffman. <laughs> it's because of William H Macy. All right. I thought you were just messing with me. <laughs> and then we meet. Uh, and then we meet William H Macy. Um, he's uh, is he just working or is he watching TV? Because I can't remember his intro. <laughs> is he walking or working? Is he walking or working? Um, I think he's looking at his teeth. He's getting he? an exam for his braces. Okay, yeah, thank I was gonna you very say, much. It's a teeth thing. And then, <laughs> and then we're gonna stop this because <laughs> we've we've gotten fifty percent of it wrong. <laughs> I broke so, well. It broke my brain that Felicity Huffman was the fucking PA. It broke my brain because there's so many people there and there's many so people. many memories. So we meet all them, but this is after that little prologue where it's like in 1911 the guy gets murdered. So little little background for, for my brain. When we were watching this, I completely forgot that that was part of the movie and was just like, I think we're in the wrong theater. <laughs> The prologue scene is is detached, but it it's it super fits in. It fits in kind but of. Fits. But, but we it's... start out with uh, the Greenberry Hill murder, which is this uh, this like uh, this. Uh, I'm I'm from 1911. <laughs> uh, my word, he gets murdered. Um, he he works at Greenberry Hill like pharmacy, and he gets murdered by Greenberry and Hill. Whoa. And uh, one of the prisoners who is hung is wearing, uh, he's prisoner number 82. (gasps) Then, in 1983, a firefighter uh, airplane, it doesn't talk or anything like in Thomas the Tank Engine. This thing is out for blood because it kills Patton Oswalt. (laughs) It scoops Patton Oswalt up out of the water. Patton Oswalt has a small role. Um, but he plays this guy who gets killed by this this Thomas the Tank Engine reject. He's killing because he's like, Thomas never let me play with the other trains. I love fires. I start them to put them out. But um, so this guy's a black jack, jack dealer, right? <laughs> so the pilot who scooped him... <laughs> <laughs> the pilot who scooped him uh, was playing blackjack with him earlier, 
he needed a two, but he got an eight. But he got an eight. Hmm. Seems like that's another. Uh, that come up again. Interesting. And then um, the dude in 1958. The dude got shot while trying to kill himself. Great line where the unsuccessful yep. suicide became a successful homicide. And then it's like, chance? And then I asked the question, why is the movie called Magnolia? Mm-hmm. And I told you beforehand um, that it takes place mostly on Magnolia Boulevard in uh, in Los Angeles. Los Angeles. Los Angeles, but also because uh, the phenomenon of stuff falling out of the sky. Magdolia. Magdonia, Magdonia. which is where I'm from. I come (laughs) from Magdonia. I am from Magdonia. But um, the other question I want to ask is Charles Ford. (laughs) The question I want to ask is how many love letters has Paul Thomas Anderson written to L.A.? Because it's starting to get to the period where, like, I think he's going to cut his ear off and mail it <laughs> and to mail the it city to of La- Los yeah. Angeles. He does do it a lot. But, um, yeah, so the first one that we kind of get to see is um, is Philip Seymour Hoffman's character out on the beat. Um, mm-hmm. Again, he's very nice. John he's, C. Riley. John C. Riley. He's talking himself up. Um, and he is... Uh, what name did I say? Just Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, I did? It's, they have three names. It's yes. Fine. Okay, Officer Jim. We got to go. do it. And that's when he uh, he's just the best. Like, he gets the cop talk yeah. down so well and all of that. It's his, his, his character is very fun, despite the fact that he's extremely religious. Yeah, he's um, very religious. But yeah, his character very is friendly on this show. Very fun. And His um, character is very fun. He is a very nice man. He doles out a lot of good, like, just good, good-natured stuff to yes. the people that are in trouble. <laughs> yes. No, he is a very good-natured spirit. Yeah. And that's what I love about him. Like, he plays that kind of character who's, like, mm. just so, like, just terminally... He's like a sweet, sweet, sweet yeah. everyman, which is kind Such of a his, sweet everyman. That's his shtick. That that is his shtick indeed. Um, and he is kind of out on the town, um, and he goes in to dis, to, you know, to go to the um, the disturbance, the disturbance indeed. Um, and uh, that's when he is he puts that lady in handcuffs mm-hmm. on the couch and she's yelling at him and she's like, nah, don't go in my closet. That That's one of my favorite parts in the fucking So movie. good. But, um, so he finds a dead body in there and he's a cop and you can kind of tell he takes his job very seriously and he loves it. But like, he's doing it for a purpose that right. it's not, it's not getting scratched. So right. then, um, then we're at uh, uh, Julianne Moore is talking with the doctor, mm-hmm. I believe, or maybe I don't think it's their lawyer. No, I'm pretty sure it's the doctor. Yeah, at that yeah. Point. And he's just saying that Earl is going to die. She says fuck a lot. She does. In this very religious movie, she's got a dirty mouth. She does say fuck a she lot. She needs to clean it up. That's right. She's a good thing she's going to get all that money because there's probably a lot of money in the swear jar. You know who else house. says fuck a lot? Who? Tom Cruise, but we'll get to that. Oh, yeah, we will. So, yeah, then uh, Earl and Phil are chilling. Yeah, we're kind of just, like, going through it again. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) It's my bad. But, um, yeah, so 
Philip Seymour Hoffman is kind of like the central character. Uh, like his his arc is kind of like one of the big ones. I would say. Everyone's I would say his like arc one. is kind of not so much like inciting incident, but definitely one of the bigger like pieces of everybody's journey. Yeah. And I think it's also like, yeah, it's not just like everyone's journey too. It's like, we're supposed to kind of see the world through, through him. Through yeah. him. Yeah. It just kind of like as a passive bystander, even though we can't really relate to him cause he's so right. nice and so good. Yeah. And I am not. Yeah, I mean, I, wouldn't, I got. I wouldn't I, have done what he did. I wouldn't have stayed on the phone that long. No, I would have blamed my gun getting stolen on. I don't even know. I'd be like, I'd be like a bush came to life, and it <laughs> grabbed me. But so, um, he then goes to Claudia's house. Um, Claudia had just gotten into a big fight with her uh, father, Jimmy Gator, uh, aka Bookman. And she, uh, like, just, like, screaming. She's like, you're going to call me a slut again? And so the police get called. Um, and all Jimmy Gator was doing was trying to, like, tell her. Well, not all, sorry. that that, But Jimmy Gator's trying to tell her that, that uh, he's dying. And he's clearly not the most moral person in right. the world. So it's this big argument. And a domestic disturbance gets called. John C. Riley sees Claudia and uh they you know, sparks fly, basically. He 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 falls falls for her pretty hard. Um she was listening to music real loud. Real loud. What was playing? Was Amy, that Amy Mann. Oh, okay. So Amy this is much like Scotland PA where mm-hmm. in that universe only Beach Baby and uh <laughs> Yeah <laughs> Three Dog Nights one song and then and, Bad uh, Company. Bad Company. That's the only music in that universe. Super Tramp and Amy Man, I will take this universe, please. I would take this universe. But um so yeah, they they kind of are are you know, uh he's going over like he does that great thing about the hearing loss. Yes. Where it's just like he's like, You're gonna damage your eardrums, you're gonna damage your neighbor's eardrums, let's keep it together. Like <laughs> like kind no. of like that. And then he definitely ties it all back to that one thing. Yeah, it, it keeps on going back. But then they sit down and they have a nice coffee with one another and they decide to go on a date. Jimmy Gator had left and he this is where <laughs> this is what we're talking about. Jimmy Gator's beginning story is he just went to the show yeah. and, and he's like kind of preparing to retire. But he's also very, very sick. So he's struggling Stanley came from school um, and and studying and all that. It's like a kid's game show that it's called What Do Kids Know? Yeah. But it lacks that pizzazz of are you smarter than a fifth grader? Right. But it's just too nerdy. It's a very intelligent quiz yeah, show. So Stanley is a very impressive mind. It's definitely like stuff that kids shouldn't know unless yeah. they've read a lot of books exactly by charles fort yes yes exactly oh man he's so groovy <laughs> but um so you kind of get a peek into that world stanley's dad is talking about how you have to be subtly abusive but this movie is uh is deplorably <laughs> funny like you know what i mean yeah. it's like appallingly funny because yeah. it's just like that is the most disgusting thing I've ever heard, but it is it is a little bit funny. And so the game show starts, and he's doing really well. Then we kind of see, uh, I believe it goes to Donnie at work, 
and we meet Solomon, who's Alfred Molina, who we're going to get to know a lot better <laughs> pretty soon. Yeah. But uh, he gets fired, and he's begging for his job because of uh, his desire to get oral surgery. Yes. For braces. Kind of mysterious. We don't know why. He just really wants braces. He just really wants braces. And his teeth are perfect. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that, he, that gets yelled at him by yeah. Solomon at one point. Like, yeah. He, what do you need? You don't need braces. Yeah. And uh, it gets revealed that Donnie is the one who got struck by lightning. And uh, and also got struck by lightning because he won the quiz show. Yeah. That too. Because he was the former quiz boy who was a genius. Yes. So that was pretty rad. I don't think I'd ever do well with that. I, th- I think no. I'd end up a lot like Donnie if I was a former <laughs> quiz boy. Yeah. But um, then we also have going on is uh, Earl and uh, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, Phil Parma, uh, are sitting together, and Earl says that he has a son that he wants oh, to get yeah. in contact with. That's where we're going. But, but uh, Phil kind of gets... Uh, set up with his mission of the movie yeah, he gets roped into this <laughs> yeah he gets he gets thrown in but he goes willingly he, he really does. loves earl he phil does. phil and it's john a, c a, Riley have kind of a very similar character it's a weird thing when a person's nurse has like such strong like familial feelings towards someone that they're willing to go the lengths that yeah. phil parma goes yeah for earl partridge yeah because you you can tell that that um Linda is not as like she's not like she's just like all right cool take care of the dogs like yeah that's that's it yeah like, she's like job. she's like uh uh to quote Ian Curtis they're like touching from a distance basically mm-hmm. and it's like they're they're not connecting and she's not taking care of them right. but she does love him right. and she feels guilty so she's kind of struggling with that mm-hmm. and um then we meet Tom Cruise is Frank Mackey, who is a motivational speaker who is trying to get everyone to slay that poon. <laughs> He's wanting everybody to go out and get that mushu. I know Massimo was sitting in one of these. Yeah. <laughs> He's definitely sitting in the background in one of them. But Frank Mackey is basically a motivational speaker whose whole thing is uh, how you have to dominate women. He's like a he's like a an early pickup artist. Yeah, he's kind of like if 4chan was a person <laughs> 20 years ago. Yes. Cuz it it is again, it's appallingly funny cuz he's yeah. saying all the uh, you know, this this is like kind of what I would say the movie is very well known for. There's he, a lot of toxic masculinity kind yes. of just laced throughout this yeah. entire movie before yeah. toxic masculinity yeah, was a lot called of, out. A lot of abuse, sexual yeah. abuse, a lot of things like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's he's just incredible. Like, oh, yeah. I know he's very controversial, and I know he kind of is a parody of himself, mm-hmm. but there was a period much like, much like Nicolas Cage, actually, mm-hmm where Tom Cruise was like an actor. Well, and, and I, he was the it boy too. Yeah, he was the it boy. Him and Nick he Cage got nominated for this, right? Um, let me check on that. All right. But anyway, he's back to you. He's <laughs> he's doing this whole presentation where he says um respect the cock and uh tame is it tame 
the cunt. Yeah. That's it. I forgot that. Sorry, everybody. He Rough won word. the Golden Globe. Nice. Yeah. He probably went up and was like, ah, <laughs> I love Katie Holmes. Years before. <laughs> but um, and then this reporter walks in and uh, their their scenes together, the reporter and Tom Cruise. Yes, he was nominated for Best Supporting Actor. Nice. I'm so good at this. You are. But so um, Tom Cruise is going to be getting interviewed uh, kind of like throughout. That's like the biggest portion of his role in the movie but for me it's the most interesting storyline and he like dominates the movie in such a way that sometimes this is what i mean where like some of the other storylines just aren't really up to snuff yeah because he brings no matter what he's in he brings a lot of intensity like i was watching the interview scenes and I was like, this is just a typical Tom Cruise interview. Like <laughs> when you think a about Tom it, Cruise interview, it's yeah. like he's jumping around, he's getting uncomfortably close, yeah. and then he gets mad. <laughs> he gets, gets upset by something, and then he storms off. But um, so he's, you know, Frank Mackey is this big, outrageous character. Like it's so fucking over the top. Yeah. His book is called Seduce and Destroy, and the tagline is No Pussy Has Nine Lives. It's fucking insane. Like, so it, but it's also really upsetting that that's still around, and now it's yeah. actually kind of more prevalent. Yeah. But anyway, ugh. Ugh, depressing reality. That's not what this movie is about. No, but. Not at um, all. So his journey is basically again he's he's Earl's he is the son he is the prodigal son so he has to uh you know his journey is basically to return home because this woman kind of reveals him to be a con artist mm-hmm. essentially he said he went to USC but he never did he like unofficially got to sit in on these psychology classes and yeah, stuff like just... that Changed he, like, his name. Audited the class. And that yeah. Was it, yeah, yeah, and then um, it gets revealed that the reason why Earl and uh, Earl and Tom Cruise don't talk to one another or aren't in communication is because Earl abandoned Tom Cruise yeah. and uh, Tom Cruise's dying mom. Mm-hmm. Very sad, but that mm-hmm. that gets revealed, um, and uh, you know it, it's just kind of like all of this stuff is sort of coming together, but in the background, there's so much more going on. Like, the right. plot is basically, like, you move forward, but this is more, like, about thematic stuff. You know what I mean? Mm. This is more about stuff that's, like, in the background. When you jump back to, like, uh, the 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 kid show, when yeah. they're up there, you see somebody holding up the sign that says Exodus uh, 8-2, and that's kind of the big, like, I was I was kind of hitting on it purposely because... That's where the the focus on the number eight and the number two come in. Right. Like during the airplane killer scene, the plane is number eighty two. Like mm-hmm. I said, eight and two, uh, like uh, are the cards that he draws. Like different things like that, and uh, that is the line uh, where Moses says, "I will cover you, or I'll smite you with frogs." Mm-hmm. He says territory, so I think that that specifically means that L.A. is getting smote him. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And I think it is kind of like it's like a sins of the father thing. But like the uh, the the, you know, all that biblical stuff, as we've 
hinted at yeah. is very, very present. It is. We're not biblical scholars, obviously. No. Um, I am actually reading a book called How Fast Does T-Rex Run? And I've never actually read a, b- a book. Yeah, no, Urso's illiterate. Yeah. That's why we're doing a movie show. Right. But um, he can, he can, he's a great singer. <laughs> but uh, it, it kind of gets to this point um, where that like you know it's raining in LA the whole time mm-hmm. and everyone keeps on going it's raining cats and dogs it's raining cats and dogs and then eventually it does rain frogs yeah. and LA kind of is again is smoten for its sins but again it's like Paul Thomas Anderson all you do is write love letters or pretend love letters to LA you can't like you can't build it up that are weird period pieces weird period pieces as well yeah <laughs> It's love letters t- to L.A. and weird period pieces. That's all you get from PTA. Yeah, basically. And it's like Exodus is like the main focus mm. of um, that's like what he was uh, kind of like a, a, a serendipitous moment in the creation of this mm-hmm. was that he just was interested in the very real life phenomenon of it raining frogs. There's a bunch of different um explanations as to why like and like it doesn't really matter but sometimes it rains frogs or like fish or shit like that yeah um and it just kind of is charles uh, fort was actually the first one too he took it seriously right yeah Yeah. charles fort so fucking groovy (laughs) groovy. (laughs) who would have thought that somebody with the last name for like a fortification that's immovable would be so wavy and groovy bro but um and again magdonia uh to hit on that but you know it it just kind of focuses on i feel like what is holding the people like what it, it because the full exodus line is like if you do not release them i will smite you with frogs so i think that the kind of it, they're all just like uh they're seized by their demons you know what i mean mm-hmm. and the release after the frogs is everyone sort of gets their happiness a little bit right. but that serendipitous moment came because he was just writing about frogs falling out of the sky and he didn't even know about exodus making it biblical yeah and then he turned in that direction you know yeah. what i mean he kind of leaned into it which is just really uh, again which is, i mean i i get it because like why wouldn't you if you've got you know the rapping prophet kid and john c Riley's character being so religious I and mean, then why you know, wouldn't you go that way and just like different there's little stuff at the very beginning the the evil pilot who kills pat oswald he he does commit suicide um but the movie is actually very, very strongly yeah. anti-suicide because mm-hmm. Julianne Moore, her character attempts it at one point mm-hmm. because she doesn't want the inheritance because she feels so much guilt for having married Earl for his money. Right. So she tries to kill herself, but she ends up surviving. Jimmy Gator, after his wife leaves him, we're 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 yada yada yadding a lot of the plot because I think there's just a lot of plot. There's just so much to go. I really through. want to get into the meat of the of the, <laughs> the themes. I think that's yeah. where I'm at right now. Yeah, I know. But yeah, you're too. right. It's like it's that idea of like yeah, Jimmy Gator tries and he also fails. Yeah, and it's because of the frog. But he stopped because of the frog. Oh man, I love the line when Philip Seymour Hoffman is like looking out there horrified for a second, and then he goes. Are frogs falling out of the sky? <laughs> like it's just like this great delivery, and um, yeah, I mean, 
the beginning speech kind of has like John C. Riley kind of gets to lead it off and end it. And it's mm-hmm. the same kind of thing where it's like, if we're going to be in each other's lives, we have to kind of maybe help people through it because that's kind of how his thing ends. John C. Riley goes, and if you can help somebody out at the end of the day, well, and then it kind of just rolls from there. You yeah. know what I mean? So, in, with all of the focus on the biblical shit, like Tom Cruise, for example, is is obviously a prodigal son because he's got to return home and like you know he's got to face his father. Oh man, the scene when he's yeah. like, "I'm not gonna cry," and then he loses it and yeah. he's like, "Don't go." And then Earl wakes up and doesn't say anything. That's like, there it is. Yep, that's where it was. Bravo, sir. And That's then, where that nomination came in. Yeah, I know. And then he's just doing cartwheels around the set. Yelling, I love Katie Home. <laughs> there is a behind-the-scenes interview that that Tom Cruise gives about Eyes Wide Shut oh. where he said some character, some one of the actors was like, all right, man, I'm going to be in and out. And it was like... It was like a 50-hour day, basically. Like, it, you could fit two days into one day. And that was his reaction. Tom Cruise is laughing at this poor son of a bitch. Uh, Tom Cruise is very controversial. Wish he didn't have all those Scientology indentured servants. Honest, honestly, and this is a complete non-sequitur, but I would love to see a video of Tom Cruise interacting with Stanley Kubrick. Oh God, I know he and I mean, like he seems like he's pretty good. I'm going to do it in my Stanley Kubrick voice. I too would enjoy watching video of me working with Thomas. He has a lot of spirit, but he can channel that intensity. See, do you think Nicole Kidman was chosen because she was the wife of Tom Cruise or because Stanley Kubrick just really liked her work? I don't know. He probably because at that he probably point, saw what that, does she do? He probably saw that BMX movie she was in. Oh yeah, rad. Dude. Yeah, it's rad. rad. Yeah, no, so radical. I love that. Speaking movie. of redheads, Julianne Moore yeah. plays the drug addict really well. She does. Like she's so she's taking all of this medication because of all of the stress that she's under. Mm-hmm. Much like Claudia is um, self medicating with cocaine. I don't think very much alcohol. No. But, um, like, John C. Riley is obviously sent to kind of be a guardian angel to Claudia. Yeah. I was, thinking, like, I was thinking about that. He, Him and Philip Seymour Hoffman both kind of play, like, a guardian angel, like, Angel Gabriel-style role. Yeah. If like, we're moving it back toward the Bible. Yeah. Except if the, in this case, it's like if you could give your guardian angel big old smooch big old, over dinner. Big old you smooch gotta be, on the You still got to be fucking ripped on coke, uh, though. That's right. Because you, you got to be ready to go. Shit. So, like, because he's trying to save her and she's still kind of refusing it. But the reason why is because, you know, Jimmy Gator fucking sexually abused her. Yeah. Learning that Bookman was a child molester in this yeah. movie was a major bummer. That was because, definitely... Because the implication then is that he also did it to Donnie as well. Right. Like, there's, like, a few different hints. And it's odd, it's just weird. Like, it, the child abuse shown in the movie is all kind of related around like the Hollywood machine basically mm-hmm. again. So it is Well, and we- it's it's extremely blatant, you know, it's yeah. the idea like the the his um Stanley's dad yeah. being, you know, Total telling asshole. the other parents that they need to 
yeah, subtly abuse subtly their children. Subtly abuse their children. I mean, yeah. and that's sort of what you see on the game show. Like you see the PA, Felicity Huffman. Yeah. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. You see the PA not allowing Stanley to use the restroom during the commercial break. And he pisses himself. And he pisses himself. Have you ever pissed yourself? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. I've pooped myself as an adult. As have I. Yes. I think nice. I told that story on stage once nice. uh, at one of our improv shows. I haven't had any recent incidents, but I am at the age where it's like, uh-oh. <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> I gotta go to the <laughs> toilet. But, um, so, the whole thing is all like, you know, Phil is trying to find Tom Cruise for Earl. Right. John C. Riley is trying to fall in love after his divorce, and he thinks he's on his way. Mm-hmm. And Claudia is just trying to find some sort of meeting. Meaning, yeah. um, Julianne Moore is like looking for also kind of the same thing. Like they kind of are the two. Like like Julianne Moore brings it acting wise. I thought yeah. that um, the Laura Walter could have been a little bit better. But um, they both kind of are, like, they might be a little bit interchangeable as with uh, Stanley as well. You know what I mean? Like, they're kind of in the mix of, like, yeah. for me, where it's just like, eh. Like, yeah. They're all, yeah, they're <laughs> yeah. all the, they're all the storylines where you're just kind of like, all right, I get it. Yeah. Why are we, you're, you're beating this, this part with a dead horse, but you're beating it with a dead horse. Yeah. You're beating this part like a dead horse and you need to keep, we need to keep moving forward. Yeah. And I think that's where a lot of, like you were saying, the trimming of the fat could have come in on PTA's part. Um, But yeah, I think for me, the most, the most, the the best moments were when Tom Cruise was in the shot, or if you saw like, you know, Philip Seymour Hoffman or John C. Riley. Yeah. No, they they were. They made the movie. Yeah. They're the, they're the uh, trifecta. Right. (laughs) They're the Holy Trinity. Oh my God. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So it would be John C. Riley. It's the Son. He's the Son. <laughs> Tom Cruise is the Holy Spirit because he's he's like throwing Hot Wheels at people, being like, "I'm doing it for charity." Ciao. <laughs> <laughs> he's also <laughs> kicking kids in the face. <laughs> I'm Maverick. <laughs> I drive my motorcycle. I'm Maverick. He he is he reminds me a lot of Jackie Chan because <laughs> they're the same way where it's just like God you I'm guys, gonna do my own stunts I'm guys I'm gonna do my own stunts I'm in hundreds of movies Yep the difference is that Tom Cruise's uh, Instagram is really good Jackie Chan when he releases <laughs> his video it looks like it's like a hostage video that <laughs> he but he's always reading positive messages so that's at least good. that's good but. The raining frogs part yeah. is kind of the, I would say, like, with Tom Cruise doing the whole, like, you know, the his whole big speech and stuff and how crazy and also homoerotic it is. That's what Very. that's one of the ironies that I found in it. Very oh. homoerotic. Urgh. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. Slap them dicks. <laughs> <laughs> but so he. Uh, that's going on the blooper reel. We're in the episode. On. No, it's probably it's fine. It's staying. <laughs> but um, Tom Cruise, uh, like I would say that's one of the more notable things for the movie. Like that's what it's remembered for. Mm-hmm. But the raining frogs thing is just such a brilliant sequence because it's kind of like the end of act two moment. Everybody's at their lowest. Stanley has pissed himself. Yes. Julianne Moore is going to 
kill herself. Bookman she, has just passed out on stage. Yeah, Bookman is dying, and he still is a molester. Yes. Um, at this point, John C. Riley got left at the date, and Claudia is still doing drugs. Mm-hmm. Donnie got rejected at that bar that seriously is like a David Mamet it's, like play. It's basically Bomb and Gilead. My name is Donnie. I used to be a quiz master. I can't really remember what it was when they won. Tom Cruise is sitting in the rain yelling at his assistant. And then um, Philip Seymour Hoffman is sitting there just being like, I'm sad. I, I can't really remember what he does throughout the film. He's taking care of people at that point. He is. Uh, <clears throat> I think. I think for me, one of the one of the, the I think the the catharsis moment, the great catharsis moment with the wise up sequence and Amy Mann, and I'm I'm sure we'll get more into the soundtrack. Yeah, but like that moment of just the wise up, like musical theater moment. yeah it is very musical theater because all the characters are kind of in those as i was saying like low points right before the like right before the yeah. frogs yeah. yeah so in that they're singing wise up um which i also feel like amy mann got nominated for an oscar she did okay and yeah. it was it was for best original song for save me which is the last oh, song in the film okay. but gotcha wise up was off like one of her albums and it's 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 such a good moment, and I'm not going to lie, every time I watch that, including when we were in the theater, I definitely shed a tear. Aww. <laughs> Just like me seeing Laura in her wedding dress. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> every I love time it so you much. watch that moment with Laura. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get you, because it is a really tender moment, and you know me. I, like I, It does lose me when people... Yeah are singing yes. and again it's only amy mann and the one super tramp song in this universe two super tramps Ooh, i don't know super tramp that well it's two super tramps all right so there's and both two. happen in the bar it all happens happen. in the bar in the play within the play yeah they super should just tramp call it the super band. tramp they should. super tramp on the jukebox that'd be a great play man <laughs> but um so yeah, it's they're all kind of singing along to the song in their various states of of depression and kind of like end of act 2 yeah. staring into the abyss and what's going to happen. Then it starts fucking just raining frogs yep. like just out of the sky. So as I'm watching it, I am thinking to myself this would be really scary. <laughs> It'd be really gross. Yep. But also, not going to lie, it does kind of seem like it would be pretty funny. Like if we were just driving in the car talking and it's like, oh, you know, like we just saw this movie Magnolia and we're going to have a little chit chat. <laughs> like as you're going through, like because you don't like what the fucking fuck is what I would think if I just looked up and it was a bunch of frogs. There's that awesome that's what shot. John C. Riley was thinking. Yeah, I know. He w- but like, yeah, that's when the frog hits William H. Macy in the face and now ironically does need corrective needs surges, correct surgery. <laughs> and yeah, John C. Riley is kind of a character who helps like steer things in the right direction too cuz after that is when he gives um gives like makes uh Donnie Smith give the money that yep. Donnie Smith stole from work. Again, very yada 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 um over <laughs> the plot but just just watch the movie for the plot the first time and then take a look at the themes take a look at my girlfriend she's She's the only one i got no (laughs) 
Don't you go that gym class heroes route. No, they're gym class heroes. So um, do, do you want to talk a little bit more about uh, Amy Mann? Yeah, I and think we, could, we should. Yeah, okay. I, th- I think that, like, the... I mean, here's the thing. The reason why she's the soundtrack is because she was PTA's friend. Oh, and yeah. And he just really liked her music. Yeah. Because it's just... What I read, it's songs just off of her first two albums. Yeah. The entire like he just kind of picks and chooses. <laughs> He's like, oh, I like this one. This one's yeah. really nice. Well, it does fit very no, it nicely. Does. It's got kind of that like, uh, like, like weepy introspection where mm-hmm. it's like it doesn't have like a bad view of the world. Like it's not right. like an emo kid. Right. It's just kind of like I was saying that it reminds me a lot, uh, and also just kind of like the journey as well mm-hmm. of Amy Man when this happened. But like. It reminds me a lot of uh, of Elliot Smith off of the Goodwill Hunting soundtrack, yeah, which is just kind of like you know this little indie darling just kind of blossoms into like superstardom because of an Oscar song, yeah, and it's the same type of even sound, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like when I first heard "One Is the Loneliest Number" by her, yeah, as her we one. started off, yeah. like it reminded me of an Elliot Smith song, right? Like no jokes. So. Oh yeah, I could but, see Elliot Smith covering Three Dog Night and. <laughs> And that oh, from beyond the sad, grave, it would be it would, it would be like Jeremiah was a bull who fried. <laughs> it would actually it would be a gonna love you anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> it would sound like that, but so yeah, because this this like shot her into stardom, right? Yeah. Like, well, I, so here's the thing. <laughs> Let's talk about Amy Man's career really quick. She's in a little band called Till Tuesday, right? Okay. All girl group in the late 80s, pre Lilith Fair, but very much Lilith Fair. Okay. And they're doing songs like Voices Carry, which is about a woman who is in a horrible relationship with a man who is basically telling her to shut up because she's talking too loud about how much of a piece of shit he is. Oh, that's not nice. <laughs> the music video is great, too, because it's nice. like. It culminates with her and this her boyfriend mm-hmm. in a theater mm-hmm. during a movie, and he's abusive, and she just starts screaming at him in the middle of the theater, and, is, and he's like, whoa, <laughs> you can't just start screaming to me. And she's like, no, fuck you, no, nice. buddy. It's, get, just a, it's a really good moment. But um, so all of the music fits very nicely, which is mm-hmm. why that musical moment with um, – them singing wise up is just so brilliant and then the characters kind of all face their various demons right before this horrible rain of frogs comes and everything like that yeah. and again just look look for the symbols like look for eight and two next time you watch it or 82. i definitely will because i didn't yeah. even i didn't realize that was a thing well it just popped out in my head in the first watching because i i thought to myself i was like wait if somebody's gonna have a bible sign why would it be exodus so then i looked it up and it was the frogs thing as yeah. soon as we got home it was like that, and because I wanted to write down my initial thoughts when I got home at 2 a.m., it was that, and then right underneath it, it said, Pat Oswald. But <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. But so, uh, you know, it, it kind of depends on your viewpoint a little bit with all of the characters because when their stories end and everybody kind of gets to their, their place, yeah, it's like. Ending. Tom Cruise said goodbye to his horrible father. At least he was afforded that opportunity. He was given that opportunity, and and his horrible father was given the opportunity to face the son that he abandoned. Yeah. Yeah. 
and then you know Phil got the uh, appreciation uh, of of watching that happen right, because, because he, he works so hard. Exactly. He he breaks the shit out of the fourth wall yes, besides the Amy man scene where it's like, this is the, I know this is like the scene of the movie where the person throws the Hail Mary, but I think this happens in real life. And it's actually kind of this weird truism where it's it like, I can actually imagine myself having that conversation oh, yeah. in real life. But he gets that satisfaction. Um, Julianne Moore gets to live. Right. Like she, she doesn't die. And she, I think, from my interpretation of it, I feel like she's she's vindicated. Yes. In a way where she is comfortable with the choices she's made beyond marrying him just for his money. I think that she's found some kind of closure. Yeah, she's found something. In him getting to basically be told off by his son, but then, you know, realizing that his son does love him and i think and and it comes from it comes from that place of like her being in the car half dead yeah you know what i mean and i think it gives her that that like mental clearness as like maybe this you know maybe this is important for me to stick around for yeah no for sure and i mean it's all about like coming back together and helping each other because mm-hmm. frank and julianne moore or i'm sorry tom cruise and julianne moore don't have like a real like relationship right but tom cruise goes he's the first person to see her after yeah. her suicide attempt yeah and even though claudia does that thing where she runs out on john c Riley and really hurts his feelings she you know, she sort of accepts him back into her life when he doesn't back down. And he says, listen, I really want this. I really want this to happen. And, you know, there's the nice moment too, where Claudia is now going to get taken care of by her mother a little bit more. Right. You know, Jimmy Gator's going to die. Well, I think, well, and I think that too, like that's a huge turning point for her in her story. Like when you find out that, you know, Jimmy Gator was, sexually abusive and sexually assaulted her when she was a child but then her mom leaves him and is like fuck this guy yeah no she's not gonna stay at all did this really happen claudia and she believes claudia and i think that's where claudia has that turning point of like maybe doing coke isn't the way to go with the rest of my life yeah maybe it's love (laughs) maybe what about love What about love? <laughs> Which should have also been. Yeah, that should have been. A, we got a. Did, that wasn't Super Tramp. No, that oh, was Heart. Wow. What a shame. That was definitely Heart. <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, like, at the end of the day, like we said, uh, you know, as you can tell from the nature of our conversation and everything like that, that this movie is so. It's too big to, like,. It's contained. It's broad. It's yeah. such a broad film, and, and I and think it goes all over the place. You know, for those listening and have heard us be all over the place, um, I think the best thing for you to do is to actually see the film. Yeah, no, for sure. You know what I mean? And I yeah. feel like that's how we feel about all of these episodes. Yeah. You should see these films, even yeah. though some of them are sequels to movies like Three Hundred Sixty Nine Days. And um, just you wait, buddy. But, I know. I'm looking forward to it. But yeah, I mean. This movie is something where we were talking about how this episode was going to be... Jeff was giving a jerk-off motion. <laughs> I want everybody to know that. 
before I continue on with this very serious That was, that was in regards to my reaction to 365 days. <laughs> it's still, just even saying 365 days gives me an erection. And accidentally <laughs> called it 375 days the other day, and my head almost exploded. I was like, God, what if that is the sequel? Is that they convinced them to add 10 more days to the year? But... Um, God, I even to bring a serious moment to bring Laura back to life. They to bring ten Laura. extra days. Jesus Christ. So anyway, this movie was something where you know it, it's much more interesting to kind of delve into those topics and and those themes and symbols and stuff. Like again, it, it's even just like weird. It it it's on the nose a lot. Like that it's yeah. raining cats and dogs. After you've seen the movie, it kind of telegraphs what's going to happen. Right. And then, like, you know, you're not, like, seeing, like, 82 in the background. Like, sometimes it'll be, like, right in your fucking grill. Like, when the kid jumps off the building, there's cords that are hanging that form 82. And it's very noticeable. And it's like, all right, PTA, we get it. We get it. You're really hitting the frog thing home. One one thing that I want to say is that uh, PTA is married to Maya Rudolph. Oh, yeah. Which reminded me of when my mom found out that Scarlett Johansson and Colin Yost are, are, or uh, Jost? It's Colin Jost. It's Colin Jost. <laughs> it, hey, man, it can't be an episode of this show if I don't pronounce it's at least one name, name wrong. Someone's name has to get mispronounced. It's got to be, it's got to be on there. But my mom found out that they were engaged and for like- Two was whole her days. response the same as mine? What the fuck? Basically, no. That's like she she kept on saying it one day where she was like, "So they're really engaged?" And I was like, "Yeah." And she kept on going, "What's that about?" And I was just, that's all, I think that's it'd be almost. more believable if Michael Che were engaged to Colin Jost. Ooh, that would be ah. Uh, you guys thought I was going to say ScarJo. I did. No, Colin. I Jost. did. <laughs> but you they know, love each other. <laughs> they love each other so much. At the end of the day, this is a really brilliant movie by again like somebody who is really i feel like for everybody is hit or miss you know i could give a shit about la and i could give a shit about phantom thread because i watched that movie and i rebecca i know you love phantom thread but it was just something (laughs) it was something is it about like a uh, is it about a ghost who's not seen phantom thread no of course not why because my eyes didn't light up I don't even know what it is. I just asked it. <laughs> All right. So without giving away the entire film, um, Phantom Thread is about this persnickety British just dick. Yeah. Like fashion designer who knits things into the clothes he makes that's what the phantom thread is it's like he knits like a little message into the clothing oh. it's a thing that that seemed that seems stresses and stirs did back in the day i probably still do um nice. and how he interacts with a girl on his staff nice but there's more to it obviously i just don't want to ruin it I'll probably i yeah, it's worth a watch right. honestly i bought it on dvd but because i <laughs> nice. had like 20 percent off for my birthday from for some reason, if you sign up for the birthday club at uh, Half Price Books, no. Um, what's the What's the company that that produced Phantom Thread? What's the It's one of those like A twenty four type companies. Oh, I have no clue. Well, so if you sign up like for their production company emails, you get Focus a special features in Universal Focus. Films. Focus oh, nice. Features will send you a 
10 to 15% off birthday coupon to their store. Very nice. And I bought a copy of Phantom Thread. It's also on Netflix right now. Oh, it's on Netflix. Pat, now you have to watch it. All right, maybe. There's something else coming up on Netflix (laughs) that we must discuss. So this Friday, the saga comes C-U-M. to an end. We don't even know what the title is yet, technically. That's it's true. 365 Days Part 3. I think it's like the Isn't next it the three. Same as the book? I think it's the next 365 days, yeah. Did you guys watch that three-minute preview? The day after this I day. Did. That is the worst head fake in the history of head fakes. The entire time, it's just like, we did know it's not Did you end up her. watching the preview? Yeah, of course. I can't you get said you weren't going to do it. Because it's never enough. That's how I still feel about it. But next, next time, because it is coming out on Friday, and because we literally cannot let Pat Dowell's psyche ever leave Warsaw, we are going to be covering the finale of 365 Days once again with super producer Jeff as our special guest. Also, I do want to say... Uh, Packets come up with the or for that one, but my or for it is 365 days part three, or thank God it's finally over. I honestly am <laughs> feeling that way. I feel like it is now my cross to bury. I carry and bury. <laughs> Jesus buried his cross, he did. and then he ran away. It's all a lie. <laughs> it's all a lie. Um, uh, no, I mean I'm I'm excited. Honestly, here's the thing. I'm very, very happy that you have found happiness in the movie 365 Days. I would never take that away from you. But the sequel and now subsequent other sequel. The sequel to the sequel. The sequel to the sequel. I'm not letting you have those. (laughs) I get them. No, I I get them both. Dude, I've already, I told you, I was trying to listen to the Amy Mann soundtrack and it kept on getting interrupted by 365 days songs <laughs> i kept my promise to myself that i've only watched good movies but i was actually kind of traumatized to the point where once the theater opened for magnolia i swear to god i thought 365 days this day was gonna just start playing and because i was like it's never enough enough it's you get never. the golf scene you get the golf but anyway, I wonder if we're going to get a similar time. Anyway, we'll talk about this. Yeah, we'll, t- we'll talk about it already. But anyway, thank you guys for listening. Yes. This was a lot of fun. This this one was more thematic. We're all over the place. I think that's okay, it. though, for this yeah. one. No, I mean, we love it. 100% yeah. okay for No, this because one. at some point there's going to be some serendipitous moment where our words collide. And then one of our words gets cancer and dies and has to call another one of our words to be like, hey, you better show up, buddy. And then the other one's like, ka-chow, here I come. I'm a motorcycle jet. I'm Tom Cruise. I'm Tom Cruise. (laughs) (laughs) Stop yelling ka-chow. That's not a Tom Cruiseism. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Ka-chow. Ka-chow is not Tom Cruise. Ka-chow is Owen Wilson. Ka-chow. 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 Tom Cruise said it. Have you seen the well-to-do up on Lenox Avenue on that famous thoroughfare with their noses in the air? High hats and colored collars, white bats and fifteen dollars, spending every dime for a wonderful time. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where Harlem sits? Putting on the ribs. 
spangled gowns upon a bevy of high browns from down the levee, all misfits putting on a ribs. That's where each and every Lulu Bell goes. Every Thursday evening with her swell bows. Rubbing elbows, come with me and we'll attend their jubilee and see them spend their last two bits. Putting on the ribs.